Chad Prather rose to internet fandom as the man who's unapologetically Southern. Heath Oaks is a published author who failed his way to success. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only a Southern Spitfire and a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with Chad Prather and Heath Oaks. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Second Shot. I am Chad Prather along with Heath Oaks. What's up, Heath? Nothing much. It's another day in paradise, baby. He defined paradise. I mean, what's going on in your world right now? Because I know you've got a lot happening. No, just outside this window. I mean, just look, it's paradise in this little room with you and producer Zach and Kristen. I mean, <laughs> what, what could you ask for? You know, it's not the biggest room, but it's got it where it counts. I'm so flattered that you think we're paradise. Yeah. yeah. This just, is, it's a room with character. We'll call it a boutique studio. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've started describing everything that's small as boutique. That we is, won't get into what all I... That is real to. popular. Yeah, we, could, is. we could really go deep on that. Yeah, see, that, that gives a lot of guys more confidence. It's not small, it's boutique. <laughs> boutique, you know. That it is, means they pay way more for it, yeah. you know, and they'll, it's high end. they'll it's, go out of their way to get it. it, it it's quality versus quantity. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just boutique. It's artisanal, it's handcrafted. Yeah, uh, yeah we better get off that one or we, we get we real prob- We probably should. So what you looking I, uh, forward to this weekend? You got anything? Yeah, I, I'm going to. I'm traveling. I've got to go to Montana, and I've got to go to Sydney, Montana. Oh, poor you. So, so I got to take four planes to get to Sydney, Montana, in one day, and and then there's a canoe, and the last eight miles I go in on donkey. So <laughs> you can't get there from here. You really can't. Too bad you don't know a pilot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's go to Sydney, Montana, yeah. Mr. Oaks. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, but I'm looking forward to that. I'm speaking to a, a big convention up there, and they just happened to put it in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's Sydney, Montana. But it's it's a, beautiful. It's a beautiful place. I'm actually in Montana a couple times this year, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, it's still going to be cold up there, and I don't do the cold very well. Those that know me, I'm, I'm weak. I'm a weak, yeah. weak, wimpy, wimpy man. Well, you could be like mine. We're, I'm probably going to be putting baby stuff together all weekend. Yeah. And because everybody keeps asking, do we have baby room done? And I keep thinking, like, what is there to do with it, really? Yeah. Besides, first of all, I'm like <laughs> freaking out here. I'm like, is there something I don't know? I mean, the baby's not coming till May. I mean, am yeah. I like way behind here? I'm like thinking it's some furniture that. Well, and you, I'm gonna tell you this. I done told my wife. Understand when we get all that baby stuff there, I will be hiring a handyman to mm-hmm. come over and put it together because I I don't want to do I hate it. I, I yeah. can do it. I, I I can build anything. I can do all those, but I don't want to do it. You don't like, want to do it. I don't want to do it. There's other things. I, you know what I'm doing is I'm trying to keep small business alive. That's what I try to tell. I'm yeah. trying to feed small business and help them grow. And it would be yeah. unethical for me to take work from <laughs> how them. How does that argument work with I your wife? Yeah, how does that like, go? Look, here's put together the crib. I'm trying to keep small business alive. I wow. am. I'm trying to stimulate the economy here, Chad. <laughs> You realize how much I can't believe free, people that don't want to help them. <laughs> the American free market economy and capitalism rides on the shoulders of Heath Oaks. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, telling you, broad absolutely. shoulders, and he carries a whole, whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw talking about. I'm heading out to Arizona. I'm headed to Phoenix as well, and I saw an interesting story about a guy, 70. Three years old. His name is John wow. Wilkie. He was competing in. Talk about being lazy and not want to do stuff. Yeah, he was running a half marathon. Seventy-three years old. Let me I, tell you something. I I, I don't know. I don't leave the house, much less run anywhere. Uh, the the seventy-three years old. He runs the thirteen what thirteen and a half miles, and he gets sixty feet from the finish line, and the wheel from a baby stroller, probably one that <laughs> probably you one that put, that together. put together. <laughs> See, this is this is the argument to my wife why I should not put it together because the baby wheel of the stroller could come off. Yeah. Well, it happened for Mr. John Wilkie 
50, 60 feet from the finish line in his half marathon. The wheel comes off the baby jogging stroller. You've got to be He kidding. trips over it. He falls, uh, hurts his hip, hurts his shoulder, and, and his head is bloodied. He hits his head, and he's out. So it's not like he just randomly tripped over his feet. He was tired. Like, it was such an unfortunate fate for him yeah. that a baby stroller wheel fell off, which, yeah. how many times has that probably yeah. happened? This not is much. like a Benjamin Buttons thing. So <laughs> you're old, young, kind of affecting <laughs> yeah, your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, uh, but, but what happened was, uh, he was down and out, but two gentlemen from the crowd actually yeah. came. He said he described them like angels. They came out of nowhere. They helped him up, picked him up, and they, they ran with him the last 60 feet so that he could finish. He could finish. the. And if you see the picture... Uh, it's a it's a it's a white gentleman. It's a black gentleman, and 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 Mr. Wilkie's a white fellow. And so I mean, you know, here it is. It's a beautiful picture, yep. you know, of him finishing the thing. And so I was sitting there thinking about that deal, and I thought, first of all, you can run the race of life. You can do a lot of things and see the finish line and be like, you know what? I'm really about to accomplish this and be successful against all odds. I don't care how old you are, what's against you, what the obstacles are. And and all of a sudden, out of the blue, something comes up and just trips you up that nobody could have saw coming no i mean you, you just never. don't see it coming but but that in and of itself is bad enough but when that happens first of all what do you do and and then how do you respond to the people that want to come along and help you finish yeah you know I, have you ever experienced something like that where you're just looking at it and you're like you know what i I didn't see that one coming. Well, sometimes our ego and pride will hurt us so much that we won't. We'll, we'll, we'll try to resist the help. Yeah, you know, and we let that get the best of us. Where, and most of the time, those people they will never finish the race. Yeah, I've seen people though who have just said, "I quit." Oh yeah, I'm done. I you know I even invested. sixty foot after running a thirteen mile <laughs> deal, they would quit. Absolutely, they would. You know, I've invested so much in this. I've done so much, and and I could, and I knew it was coming. And you and I have been involved with enough businesses, uh, and we still have enough businesses. That not all of them have worked. Not at all. You know, not all of them have gone. And I, I've told you in other podcasts that I, my young life, I, I used to, I said I stepped on a landmine everywhere I turned. And there were some really unexpected stuff that, that came your way. But what do you do when you hit the ground? I mean, what happens when you do that? And then you're right. It's, it's a humbling thing to have to accept the help. But I think also what's interesting about that is how, how long do you probably think that gentleman planned and worked for that 13 and a half right. moment. Like, like how much planning and in place of like everything that could come his way on that marathon, he was going to overcome it. He probably did more than most just because he's 72 years old. Yeah. I, I would imagine putting words in his mouth here. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, is so no matter how much you plan, right. you, you can't see the baby stroller, some random baby <laughs> stroller wheel falling off and hitting you, right? Right. One thing I've always, there was a story about um, some cell, you know, cell, sailboat racers. Uh, my boss, and uh, he had a guy that owned a sailboat and he goes out there to the deal and everybody knew him and he was like, he thought he just was a sailboat guy, right? Well, they all knew him because he was a club championship like nine out of the last 10 years. And so Mike w- was with him and said, you know, hey, why, how is it that you win Nine out of ten, like, do you have the better boat? Is there, you know, sales? You know, you got more money in your sales than everybody else? And he's like, Mike, this is a yacht club in South Beach. Everybody here has money. I mean, it's (laughs) we can all get better sales. He goes, the difference between me and everybody else is, because the sailboat races is like uh, several miles out, and all it is is some kind of little buoy out there, and you go out there and turn around the buoy and come back. It's not like um, rocket science here. Except for it is, and it is not, because he said, I always plan to get off course. I already know before the race, I have a chart planned out of when I'll probably get off course. 
and I have what you do next if I get off course in these different ways. Yeah. And so the difference is, is these others, they think they're never going to get off course. They got it planned so perfectly that they're never getting off course. So when it happens, they go, it takes them twice as long to get back on course as it does me because I recognize that I was prepared to get off course and I have all my stuff laid out in place to get back yeah. on. And, you know, it, it's um, interesting, made me think of that because I guarantee that that gentleman did a lot of planning yeah. and a lot of working, but could have never saw the stroller with the baby, no. the baby stroller. And then here you go. You got two gentlemen coming and going, hey, don't even know him, but I'm going to help you up. Humanity is alive, baby. And you know what? If you read the entire article at the end, he says, I intend to find their phone number and call them. And th-. He doesn't even know them. He doesn't know them. He didn't find out. He went immediately. Isn't that awesome? He lost so much blood. His wife drove him to the emergency room. They did a CAT scan because of his age. He was okay. But he said, I don't, I don't even know these guys. They were like angels that helped me along. And you know where that's a big lesson to learn just on a final thought is how many relationships get screwed up by something unexpected that comes in, whether it's a marriage or something of that nature, even a business partnership, yep. because you've gone all this way and then you say, I just want to quit on this thing. Yep. And sometimes it's okay to ask people for help he didn't do that but sometimes it's okay to do that well but he obviously had something about him that was willing to accept help yeah to why they stepped in because sometimes people well, people aren't willing to help me because you because you don't have anything radiating from you yeah. that you would accept help if it came your way yeah. okay or you're the person always laying on the ground right. like you got 60 foot you started 60 foot you laid down going somebody gonna help me finish this half marathon yeah. you know you got to understand exactly you know who you are in those deals and and sometimes you know, I, I never think you want to back up. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you can't just keep going, but sometimes just sitting still yeah. is better than backing up. You never want to back up. Sit still for a minute and keep forging through when it comes through, and maybe two strangers will come along and help you out. And I think if you yeah. have the right attitude, and I think you if you have the right heart, that the right people will come along to help you out. Well, we're going to sit still right here and take a break. And you know what? I'm thankful for my partner, Heath Oaks, and producer Zach and Kristen, because they just carry me across the finish line every time. We're going to be right back with Second Shot. We're coming up with a second segment. He likes cowboy hats and boots. And he's a suit and tie kind of guy. Chad Prather and Heath Oaks host more of Second Shot, coming up on RNCN. So if you're looking for a nice, quick, easy, inspiring read, go to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Failing Your Way to Success, written by none other than myself, Heath Oaks. It's a nice, fun 150 pages. You can read it in a couple hours, kind of tell you a journey that, that where I failed a lot and give you some tips of things that I thought that helped me along the way. So Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Failing Your Way to Success at Amazon.com. And look me up at uh, Ignorance on Fire on Facebook, Instagram at Heath Oaks on Twitter. And uh, go pick up a copy and write a review only if you like it. Ready, aim, fire. Second Shot is back for another round on the Real News Communications Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second segment here of Second Shot. This is uh, this is the time where, you know, we just kind of dig deep into a couple of different things and, and talk about stuff that really changes people's lives. And let me tell you, if you're listening to this segment your life isn't changed, it's your fault. It life, really is. Life uh, changing. Yeah. It's not our fault. No. It's yours. No, we're talking about an inside-outside metamorphosis like a, a caterpillar becoming a beautiful butterfly, and we really want to help you become Actually, a butterfly. I would rather blame it on producer Zach and Kristen. Oh, oh come on. Oh, we're just, First we're paradise, and now we're getting the blame. Man. Well, it's just a couple hours this in is, here with you. That's what happens. <laughs> you know, we really should call this uh, podcast Utopia. It's just That's a good one. Hey, well, here here's the thing is, based on this next story, is... 
you're all about to be replaced from robots anyways. Of course. Um, but it's funny because there's a lot of talk around all of the technology and robots that are coming into the world today, right? Of course. So a robotic barista is now serving really fast. So the first robotic barista in the U.S. nicknamed Gordon started serving up 120 coffee drinks an hour. <laughs> Just several thousand feet away from Starbucks. Hmm. And a lot of us spend a lot of time in line waiting for coffee, says CEO. The difference, too, is that the automated coffee, uh, the automated cafe, it's a whole cafe, Cafe X, all automated. They Their coffee is two twenty five for a latte and two ninety five for an 8-ounce cup, so it's extremely less expensive. Sure. Um, and so it, it's pretty interesting how, how fast it's serving and how much talk is about um, the robots and, and, and technology and 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 you know outsourcing everything. Yeah. So I wanted to see what what kind of your thoughts were on the world well, we're first, headed to. First, I want to know who who in the room is a coffee drinker. Yeah. Kristen, you're a coffee drinker. On occasion, I'm, you're drinking okay. more decaf well, nowadays, Kristen. Today, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. In my current condition, not I'm much drink coffee. coffee but right. Yes. You don't drink coffee. Nope. See, I don't drink coffee either. I don't, really? But I but see now my wife lives by it. My wife, she I mean her day starts. She she needs the coffee, and I need her to have the coffee. Sure. Because <laughs> if she doesn't have the coffee, so I'm kind of thinking, how can I get one of these robots? Because she could consume 120 cups. Uh, <laughs> in an hour uh, she really could and it makes her happy and a happy mama makes me happy too um, uh, I'm, I'm afraid of what she might replace me with the robot but that's a whole other issue we get into but it seems like the world is kind of going a little more automated or at least it has the potential to go automated it hasn't done that yet but you know people are kind of being replaced in some things people are freaking out about it but I'm going to tell you here's one of the most interesting things back in you know, 50s and 60s and all those things. And when IQ was the top thing, you know, a lot of studies, almost all studies have debunked the whole fact that IQ has any relation whatsoever to success. Right. There's a certain level at that average IQ that where you can basically read and write and take direction. Right. That after that, there's zero correlation with IQ. So um, one of the things that I thought about is one thing that robots and like, you know, IQ and stuff was so great because of how fast people could do math and do all of that. Well, now we got computers doing it. Right. So one of the things that I want, you know, if you want to figure out, because we will be going to a much more auto- automated world. Understand this. Sure. And, and literally, there will be places that no longer will be needing people. One thing that will keep you always having a job is EQ, the emotional intelligence. And one thing about it is it says the emotional quotient, which is emotional intelligence, EQ, is the capability of individuals to recognize their own and other people's emotions, to discern between different feelings and label them appropriately, to use emotional information to guide thinking and behavior and to manage and or adjust emotions to adapt to environments or achieve one's goals. Yeah. That can never be replaced yeah. by robots. That robot could give you a great cup of coffee, but will not give it to you in love. Oh, well, well if that robot screws up that cup of yeah. coffee, they cannot genuinely say, I'm sorry, and, I'm and sorry. make you feel comfortable. You're going to be mad that it wasn't right. what you wanted. Out of 120 cups of coffee an hour, they might mess up 13. I have a feeling. Yeah, and so that's so. So, real what quick, do you know about emotional intelligence, like Chad? I, I have a feeling you, you you know a little bit about this topic. Well, okay, so Zach, put you on the spot. What's what's eight times nine? So you got to think about that. So that's one of those that you get up in there. So <laughs> you know, I, I didn't go to math school. Yeah, see, like see, I went to radio okay, school. Okay, that's so, my thing. so the point is, the point is, I've got a calculator right here in my hand, no. seventy-two. So, but but again, I have to think about that too because again, I got a calculator in my hand in the form of a telephone that I can just I can add numbers at any point in time. Of course. I don't really have to think about the multiplication tables anymore. So you should, but you don't. And so it, you're right. 
the IQ has been replaced. That intelligence quotient has been replaced in a big way by technology. Emotional quotient, I like to call it the it factor. Yeah. Some people have it. And some people have, I, I say everybody has it to a degree in certain areas. It's that, that reason you're created. It's that sound you make in the earth. It is that reason you exist. Uh, it's your passion. It's your drive. Uh, some people really just ooze the it factor, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's just another it factor, X factor, whatever. But that emotional quotient is a, is a big, big deal. It sets us apart. Uh, some people have called it charisma. Some people have called it intuition all of those things kind of couple together to make those things happen that's something a robot's not going to have well and, and just dealing with different people is emotional intelligence so being able to deal and handle yeah. with all these types of people is something that can never be right traded off by technology like I, you can never sit down and you'll never feel comfortable when you've had a really bad day pouring out all your your heartfelt to some robot sitting there and my can't okay? have a robot counselor you're no. not it's not yeah. going to happen so what I would recommend to people is dig into this emotional intelligence. I do agree with this. Some people naturally have it. Some people with with work because yeah. they have natu- they naturally have it. If they work at it, they have, yeah. they can be absolutely great. Like it's it got to be developed. It can be developed. But if you don't naturally have it, I think you can develop it yeah. to where your job, where you're big time seeking out. This is why I, I I talk about like you think about Richard Branson. Here's one thing I understand. I mean, he has a Virgin Bank. He has Virgin Airlines. He has Virgin. I mean, he he had Virgin Soda Company. Yeah. I mean, he's got a Virgin right? Island. He does. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing: is he knows nothing about all that. But you know what he does know? Emotional intelligence. He yep. knows people, how to lead people, exactly. how to gather the right people in the right deal. And everybody's different. When I always tell, um, when I got back to Dallas and took over this territory, I told all my managers right off the bat. I said, let me let me let everybody understand something. I 100% play favorites. Mm-hmm. Not because you know me. Or anything you cannot control, but it's based on results. Right. If I have people I'm bringing into the business, I'm going to look at who develops most people and they get them. If you want to be it, beat that person to be better. Yeah. That's all there is to it. I do play favorites. I treat everybody 100% differently. Uh, there was old deal with Jerry. Uh, um, oh, uh, Emmett Smith was always late to – they said he was late to like a meeting or two, and then the, this rookie was late, and, and they suspended him or something. And he goes, well, you never suspend Emmett. He goes – you're not Emmett Smith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's plain and simple. You, you know, yeah. and, he, and he didn't think that was fair, but I, I thought it was Emmett performed. So if, if, if you yeah. were the all time leading rusher, you have the ability yeah. to come in late. So Emmett kind of earned that. Again, it goes back to exactly EQ is, is how you deal with people. Some people deal with um, attack. You know, I have people that need to be, that literally, they only get off on me cussing them out. Yeah. And it's not my personality. I don't do well. I don't do well with, with like jumping into people. But I found out some people, they respond no other way. Yeah, they got they got to have it. They got to be taken to task. On but that. if you don't have emotional intelligence to understand that everybody is different, right? To learn it and be open to. And, and, and here's the thing: is I think it starts with being aware yeah. of what emotional intelligence is, and understand the fact that if you start becoming more aware of your surroundings and people, and seeing, okay, you know the people that yeah. dealt really well with, oh, I love you, and that's it. You're gonna do better next yeah. time. And then the ones that go, you know. When I was growing up, I needed my ass whooped as a kid. Yeah. I responded to nothing else. You too, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I think responding to that is the emotional intelligence world that, Chad, that some people got to get, they better get on fast. You better do it and you better develop it. Because again, I know certain people who can naturally walk into a room, and that's what I mean by the it factor, and they light it up. I mean, they've just got it in abundance. And then some people, they feel like they can't do it. Maybe they're socially awkward. Now, look, I got five children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like all of them, but <laughs> the, the, I got five children and they are so drastically different. 
I don't have any two that are even alike. Yep. They have different gifts. They have different abilities and things like that. I, I love them all, but I love each of them differently, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And I'm, I'm old enough, I can say that. It doesn't mean I love one more than the other. I just love them differently. I love the beauty and the intelligence and the grace and even the faults in each one of them in yep. a different way. And so I look at them as a parent. Because, again, my first organization is the family. Yeah. So before I go out and do any business, it's got to be the family. So now I look at my children and I say, look, you're not going to really go very far as a ballet dancer. <laughs> We're going to find another gift for you. This was the and, Oaks you sure got and, a lot and, of heart. Yeah. You know, exactly. Being an NFL player was not on my, my dream board. Right. So that's I've done this with my kids, and my kids receive it. Now, I've got you know I've got one of my sons. He is super sensitive. you got to handle him. But then i got a 17-year-old daughter who – She'll kick your ass. Yeah. She's abrasive. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous, gorgeous girl. She's, she is a ballet dancer. She actually, actually teaches ballet, and fortunately, she doesn't like people. So because she's so pretty, I don't have to worry about boys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you have to do that, and, and that's whether it's your employees, yourself. you got to develop that in other people, different styles. But most of all, you got to develop it in yourself. And, and to understand, if you're a leader in any organization, if you go by the old adage of, I have my rules of how I treat everybody, and this is plain and simple. You're living in an old age, and you will get replaced. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is today, you're not going to have a line of 20 people begging to come and needing any kind of job. People have more skills. You have to become a type of leader people want to work with, That which means you need to understand that everybody is triggered differently. So working on emotional intelligence, looking up emotional intelligence, if this is the first time you're hearing of EQ, you need to start reading and learning on it. There's many books out there. And that I think you need to start becoming more aware of everybody and how you treat everybody differently. If you want to make sure in the future you're not replaced by robots, EQ is the only thing that can never be replaced. Right. And no matter what type of leader you are, this is why when they say that leadership can run an insurance company and then can run a car company if they don't know anything about it, it's because they know one thing, which is dealing with people. And if you know how to pick the right people, if you know how to put the people in the right spot – you're always going to become successful. So I think EQ is a must-have for the future, Chad. I like it. I like it. All right. Hey, hang with us just one more second. We're going to get back to some questions, and we come back in the third segment, the final one of Second Shot. That's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Chad and Heath still to come. That right there is the sound of my power bill. It went from $300 a month down to $100 a month. I know it sounds too good to be true, but the people that made it happen is a company out of Houston, and they're only available in Texas right now. It's called Energy Ogre. That's energyogre.com, and you use promo code WATCHCHAD. You sign up with them, $10 a month, and they're going to save you 50% to 60% on your power bill, and it only costs you 10 bucks a month if they can't save you money. They won't take your $10. So go to energyogre.com, use promo code WATCHCHAD, sign up today. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot with Chad and Heath on RNCN. Hey, everybody. This is my favorite time, the third and final segment of Second Shot. We like to get into some questions. We're hanging out with producers Zach and Kristen. Of course, Heath Oaks is sitting over here. How you are, are you? an amazingly handsome man. I don't care... <laughs> What anybody says. I mean, you know, it's. I know, Chad. We you should. Be, we really should be videotaping <laughs> these things. I, I just to, feel like you're always hitting on. Him. I am. Look at this guy. <laughs> Very I mean, complimentary. Blue is his color. He's wearing yeah. blue. He's got a blue tie on. Blue, blue eyes. Blue. That old yeah. George Strait song. Yeah. The blue. What was the old George Strait song? Man, it was a good one. Yeah. Blue, man. Baby blue. Baby blue. That's it. Baby blue. the color of her eyes. That was good, man. That's some. Wow. Baby blue. I cannot carry a tune in a bucket. Sure you can. I, I honestly, 
<laughs> I honestly have no idea what melody or any of that is, and I can never figure it out. So I, it doesn't. None of it makes sense to me. So I'm very impressed yeah. when people like yourself can. I actually, really can't. I just I just talk and just drag the words out mm-hmm. a little bit longer. That's the secret. Trust that's, me. You're doing any like singing in the shower? I mean, no. I'm. I'm. I'm oh, oh yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not saying that. It, oh, I'm not saying I don't do it. I'm just saying it doesn't. Right. register on any You're level of right. making sense. <laughs> I, I really wish, yeah. I, I love music, uh, but wish I was better at it. Anyway, uh, what you got, Kristen? What's going on in your world? What's um, happening? What you thinking? What's on your mind? I, I, well, you guys are so different, and we've got a Gen X, a millennial, and I don't really know your story. I just yeah. want to know how the two of you got connected. Uh, well, he, we got connected. I, of course, I was doing social media stuff. I've, I've got a little history in television and radio and, yeah. and a little bit of business. And, uh, of course, I, I think the Heath tells this story so much better. I was doing a lot of social media stuff. And so he kind of got tagged a lot in a video that I did called Unapologetically Southern, uh-huh. where I was kind of defending my Southern heritage and the way I talk and the accent and things like that. And because he has such a strong southern accent being from east texas a lot of his friends were tagging him on on that post and, and I, I, I got introduced to who chad prather was because about 10 people at least within an hour on facebook i'm, I'm getting tagged in it because he talked about how the southern accent and how you know people thought he you know and somebody your southern said, you know, accent was just that notorious that you were getting well tagged. no it was just that it, it was he what he talked about was how somebody sent an email saying we can tell you're ignorant because of your southern accent so i get a lot of people think i'm dumb so quick and you yeah. can talk on phones or doing that and people will think they the dumb is the first thing people think of when they hear an accent like this so has sure. that been a big business hurdle for you no i don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> amen one of the best things i, I really don't I, you, hear, you know why it's not even uh, best thing is overlook me i'll get you every time every time mm-hmm. every time i'll surprise you i'll Jack. play i'll play the dumb redneck card all day long but how did the initial conversation go well so we we you? get to a charity event and I was like, I, I, then I followed everything Chad did, and I was becoming a, a stalking fan. <laughs> and I saw Chad there at the charity event. I was with my wife, and I was like, hey, hey, will you go to ask Chad if, if he'll take a picture with us? I put her up to it. So I put my wife out there, yeah. and my wife went up there and asked him, and, and we met, and, and you know, we fell in love at first sight. And so, so his wife, Jenny Anchondo, is, a, is, of course, a news anchor with Fox 4 mm-hmm. in Dallas. And so... Uh, I knew who she was, and so somebody said, "Hey, Jenny's here. She'd like to meet you." And I said, "Well, I'd like to meet Jenny." Yep. And so, you know, Heath was the bonus plan. Yeah. Uh, so it, I was, did. but I was pushing my wife to do it. I was like, "Hey, can you go to tell him I want, we want a picture with him?" Be we, I think we followed each other on Twitter like right then yeah. on the spot. We <laughs> yeah. traded numbers. Uh, I probably sent a snapshot to one of my friends saying, "Look, Chad Prather yeah. just followed me on Twitter." Jenny, uh-huh. Jenny did have me on uh, the show as an anniversary kind of deal for that unapologetically Southern video. And Heath and I just got to talking and hanging out a little bit and did some more events together. And, and we just, we did, you know, the real conversation when we, is when we leave here and we have yep. a, a cocktail or two yep. and we really get honest about. Oh, yeah. We should actually start having seminars, I think, where people pay to come. Sit down and listen to us have cocktails. <laughs> they may want refunds after. <laughs> was, it, was it more of a bromance or was it initially more of a business connection? No, I think no it, was all, it was friendship. I, yeah, it was 100% friendship. And uh, we just hung out. And he and I did a ro- radio program together recently and uh, a while back, I guess. And, and uh, I, I was kicking around the idea of podcast. He was as well or, or doing a radio show. Mm-hmm. And we just looked at each other and said, why do this thing separately when we can do it together? Yeah, we had no intentions of we we you know we we had gotten each other's um, phone number. So I don't remember exactly how it all, but we were just friends and and yeah. catching up. And the next thing you know, it just led to this. It was definitely not a anything intended for. 
But what's funny is I actually do have a question for you because this was a big deal, Chad, because mm-hmm. you have been, you've built a phenomenal personal brand. Um, what would you say the one or two key things would be for if somebody wanted to start their own personal brand, how um, you, everybody, it's very sure who Chad Prather is. Right. And I think that's difficult for people to get sometimes, you know, building their brand, but you've done a phenomenal job at that. So what, what would be a couple of key tips you think of building a personal brand is important? Well, uh, you know, Comedian Bill Ingvall, he he gave me some advice one time. He said, uh, put yourself out there and then don't read the comments uh, <laughs> because people are going to criticize you. They're going to insult you. So you got to let personal pride get out of the way. Don't be defensive. But you have to put yourself out there. So when I first started doing this thing, I, I'll be honest with you, it was weird. I used to put people out there and, and I would put challenges out on social media about selfies. Okay, everybody post their selfie today. It's selfie Thursday or whatever. And people say, oh, my God, who is this guy posting selfies? You know, So they would look at it. you got to find something. Put yourself out there. Let yourself be ridiculed a little bit. But you got to take the risk on that deal. And so I just kept putting more and more content out on social media. Uh, just and basically, and I think you and I have said it before, be comfortable in your own skin and let the chips fall where they may. And uh, I mean, I've got, I don't know. I mean, I've got people that they hate my guts. <laughs> I don't blame them. They don't even no. know me. They don't even know me. I, I had a guy today, I posted something and this guy said, oh, you look like an extra in Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> and, I said, is, oh, and I said, and I, I commented it. back and I, I said, I said, you would know because you've seen it so many times. <laughs> but that is good. You do kind of look like an extra in Brokeback Mountain. Absolutely. <laughs> I love goats and, and Heath Ledger. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like the so, Heath bar. Yeah. But, yeah. You, but you know, you've had to deal with that. I mean, you know, you've, you've had some stuff that's come your way, but uh, all you got to do is just flash the smile in the bank account, man. You kick, <coughs> kick them to, in the yeah. teeth. <laughs> I just stay under the radar. <laughs> I let my true. wife, I ride my wife's coattail all that's the way. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. All right. Well, we only got a couple, couple minutes left, but I wanted to ask you. I'm a little bit of a city slicker. I need a good pair of boots. What's, yeah. the, what's the secret? Where, where do I go to get some good boots? What do I got to look for? Get the ones that are comfortable, first of all, because all right. you can buy some boots that are really, really uncomfortable. I could recommend brands all day long. Um, but, you know, I go and find these these small factories. Uh, I'm wearing a pair of Finolio boots out of Nakona, Texas. They made a custom pair of ostrich boots, and it's like wearing a tennis shoe. And it's oh. a small factory up there. It used to be Nakona Boot Factory. Now it's Finolio Boots. And just a phenomenal job. What do you think, he? You could. I, you, I, I he, envy your shoes. Yeah, you see, you're wearing real nice shoes. I was going to ask about I, that. Next. I would say next, just go to Cavenders. Cavenders. If you, if you have no boots, yeah, go to Cavenders. Yeah, they got all the brands. They got the simple. They're not. I I have my I have I have a uh, three different pair of cowboy boots. I've got one little patchwork one that's pretty. They're just cool and unique, like kind of just patchwork boot. But then, you know, your your, your classic ostrich. And a classic alligator boot, you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Right. You're absolutely right. And by the way, Cavenders carries Finolio boots. So, yep. boom. See, it's like a sign from All God. All right. Well, that wrapped up nicely. Yeah. So, it's Cavenders, like, if you would like for us, well, yeah. if you would like to pay us to be a sponsor on the show, you can contact <laughs> us. Yeah. Cavenders, this could have been your spot. This could have been your commercial. Boot Tens City. of thousands of people listening yeah. to this deal. <laughs> uh, we love Boot Barn. We love, you know what? We'll get picky later on. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Heath, you know it's always a pleasure to do this thing with you. I have a great time doing this. Loving it, man. It's been a good time. Where can everybody find you online and social media? Uh, Facebook at Ignorance on Fire. Instagram at Ignorance on Fire. At Heath Oaks, O-A-K-E-S, on Twitter. And what about you? Uh, At Watch Chat on Twitter. 
Uh, Chad Prather on Facebook, Chad Prather on YouTube. Just go find me and watch Chad.com. Has the links to all of those. And uh, what about if they have some questions for us? We want you to email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. Any questions? We want to hear from you. I mean, yeah, I don't care how weird or a story. Is. Maybe you have a good headline that you think would be good for us to talk about. Send it to us. Secondshotcast at gmail.com. Until next time for Heath Oaks, I'm Chad Prather. Thanks for tuning in to Second hey Shot. Destination for premium talk radio.